challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? I am. (laughs) Me too. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. I'm Tracy and Leslie, and we're so glad you joined us today. Today our theme is crisis, and this will probably be an easy topic, although (laughs) maybe we shouldn't, like, say that up front. But often when people are thinking about spirituality or God, they think about oh, yeah, I want to have me some God on my side when I'm in a crisis. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that, what defines a crisis in your life. Can you really have a crisis if you're saying yes to spirit? Um, If you, you know, all of that. So it'll be fun and interesting, and I am so glad that you have joined us. But um, we always start off the show by connecting with the previous week's Topic. Creativity. Looking at creativity in crisis. It's the month of C's, I think we are. It's it all, is. All C's all month. April. And you know, interestingly enough, when you think about a crisis, for me, I think, you know, creativity can help me get out of a crisis. If I'm thinking outside the box, thinking creatively, now that I can say the word, if we remember from last week, I wasn't able to say creativity without shuddering and having my mother's voice telling me I wasn't creative. So it's really interesting that today I just said that word and I did not have that knee-jerk reaction. What a difference a week makes. You know, isn't that interesting? Because really I hadn't thought about it until you just, heard yourself just saying heard me it. say it. And then I thought, you know, maybe I purged some of that last week. And I think, Woo-hoo! yeah. And really that is how this stuff works. You know, as we talk about things, as we ask for support, and as we understand and we can let go of. Yeah, as we pull the veil back of all yes. the things that we've always believed that, that we don't, their assumptions that we yes. have, that we're on automatic, and when you start pulling that back and look at it and go, oh, no, 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 that does not fit mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. then, yeah, it just kind of melts away. Isn't that interesting? Um, it kind of melts, melts. away. Uh-huh. It kind of melts away. <laughs> is there something there melting that I'm supposed to get? Melting? It Melt. didn't require you to work. Oh! <laughs> right! Oh, you know, I do hope y'all listen every week because if you don't, you don't catch as many of the fun things. That's right, Tracy Brown, because I am all into it. It takes work and it takes accountability. And right, I'm I need to set up hard. all this discipline. Yes. I need to set up all this structure because yes. I can't change unless I have all of that. Unless I work really hard. Oh, my but goodness. But sometimes it really can oh my melt away. Good frame for me, baby doll. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that, you know, really, aren't you glad you have me here to, to, to have these awarenesses in real time? Because, honestly, that's so cool. I had not thought about that because I had not worked on it all week. Didn't even think, Didn't even about, think about it anymore. Didn't even think about it. And look at that. Okay. Okay. Well, this whole thing, this whole changing thing is going to get a lot easier for me if I don't have to work so hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> Step back. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I love it. So, Connecting the dots, creativity and crisis, and I agree with you that um, creativity and the creative process, mm. which we talked about, versus creativity and creative being just artistic. Mm-hmm. But the the realization that we talked about last week of every choice we make is is creating what we want or don't want in our lives. Mm-hmm. So I agree that um, when When I find myself in what feels like a crisis, that I need to use the creative power I have to Mm -hmm. move beyond it, um, to not let it, not let the crisis be in control. So there definitely is a link between 
what we talked about last week and what we're going to talk about today. Cool. So let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and get into crisis. Or get into talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds no, no. Get ominous. into talking, talking about, about crisis uh-huh. and say yes to spirit. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Ah. You know, I love that we take these topics, like you said, it's sometimes obscure and this one's not so obscure, but I love what you said in the beginning, you had a little sentence that said, if there is such a thing as a crisis. You did? You just threw that out there. You did. Oh, it just came out. I uh-huh. wasn't uh-huh. even hearing myself. And you know... um, yeah, that, can there really be anything as a crisis if you are saying yes to spirit, if you're really in that spiritual Christ consciousness? And, um, you know, that's like the Ph.D. level of talking about crises. So maybe we'll get there in a little while. But um, I really don't. I, I really want to come to that because that's Well, really we important. know that the, technically the answer is no. Nothing right. can be a crisis. Right. But since we're human, right. Um, we have lots of crises. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll start with the little, the the, the uh, elementary school idea. And I have a friend that talks about um, the nine one one God. You know, when things are going bad, we call nine one one. Call God. Right. Call nine one one. Spell G O D. G O D. And we don't really ever, you know, that's a real kind of basic, I think, relationship with spirit in terms of when things are going well. There's not a lot of connection, not a lot of thought, not a lot of daily activity, not a lot of saying yes to spirit, looking for God. And then when you get into a crisis, oh, my goodness, I, I'm going to pray for health or, you know, my health, this other person's health. And, right. um, and I think that is kind of how that connection begins. And isn't it interesting that when we do get into a crisis, then suddenly we... Um, don't trust our own abilities to to get through it or to be okay within it that we try to reach out. And when things are going well, we're trusting our abilities. Yeah, it's all me. I am doing this. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and that is true, that day to day when things are going well, we take all the credit. Mm -hmm. And, um, And we're so proud of ourselves. But we intuitively know when it is out of our ability, it's beyond our individual ability mm-hmm. to handle. At different ages, that's different things. 
And, yeah, it is interesting how many people then instinctively and seriously at that point reach out. Reach out. Or reach out or reach up or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reach in. And and also thinking about, though, if indeed, which the core the nucleus of I am creating all the good, then, then I, you know, that I am, that nucleus of who I am does have that solution, does have that, wisdom to be able to creatively come through that crisis and um, I can remember several months ago I realized that whenever I got nervous around a kitty issue I have several little kitties and you know on and off again issues come up with them physically or something and I'll always I used to always say I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and I would really literally get into a panic kind of spiraling and I would hear that in my mind, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And that would be that kind of panicky, repetitive. And I realized, oh, my good heavens, I am just affirming that I don't know what to do. So now I, I need to affirm, I do know what to do. I do know what to do. And then I had a prayer group treat for me that I intuitively know exactly the right thing to do in every moment. And it was interesting to watch that shift. And I've had a kitty that kind of got a hurt paw last week. And I kind of was like, okay, I can do Reiki. I can do calm. I can breathe. I don't have to react. I don't have to. And so it's interesting when I change this kind of crisis spirit, I don't know what to do, into this empowering. Wait a second. I do know. I am able to access the universal being of all good, you know. And so I can, I can know. And why do I think I don't deserve to know or I can't know or I have to, you know. I can take a breath and I can access God within. Wow. The universal wisdom that is available and accessible to all. And when we cry out, dear God, please handle this, that's exactly what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, ego get out of the way, brain get out of the way, let me tap into the universal guidance, Mm -hmm. you know, the universal guidance system. And, hey, it's right there. Oh. Isn't that interesting? It's always accessible. And, man, I'm going to use that word accountability. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's some, you know, I think some, on some level that 911 God, it, it, just taken in a very superficial look, appears to that, that I don't want to be accountable. I, You know, I want to say, okay, now, God, you have to do this. And so that if it doesn't work out, then I'm not responsible for what happened. You know, oh, well, God must not have wanted my leg to heal, and now I have to have it amputated. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> we can then say, you know, outside Somebody of me. Somebody else made this decision, right. and, you know, I get to suffer. I prayed. I did what I could do. Right. I prayed. I'm the victim. I get to suffer. So it's an interesting thing that, that, that on some level that 911 God may be well, on some level, I don't want to be responsible for the outcome, so I kind of relinquish my part in the creative process of healing, the creative process of coming out of the crisis, of keeping my wits about me. Mm-hmm. I think that is true, I th- especially for those of us who have more a metaphysical approach mm-hmm. to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for people who who truly who use religion as their guide, not good or bad, just mm-hmm. at that level, could actually believe when they are reaching out for God, they are not. They are doing. They are being responsible mm-hmm. for stepping out and relinquishing power. Because their true power is in this external God, and so I so I'm just careful about mm-hmm. framing that mm-hmm. in a way that if someone really believes that God is a separate, you know, entity in the sky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by and by, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that in that sense, they their understanding of faith of religion mm-hmm. is faith outside of yourself 
bigger than yourself and your job is, you are responsible for giving that up mm-hmm. to this higher power. And I'm really glad you said that because I'm thinking of a woman that I know that I used to work with that is Southern Baptist. And she is, to me, has like the most zen life. And she has the most faith-filled day of anyone I know. And her God is absolutely outside of her. It would just be like a foreign language to even consider that he's, you know, the the indwelling idea. But she takes the action of when in crisis I heard her one time her son had a wreck. And she was on the phone, and as soon as she hung up the phone, she went into prayer. She said, God, I know you have a purpose for this. I know this is going to work out for the highest good. And she believed it, you know. And she was in faith that whole drive to the hospital. She wasn't she wasn't trying to put off responsibility unto God. She was activating, as you said, mm-hmm. her faith, her understanding, and she was in action. And she was taking responsibility for absolutely doing everything she needed to do to activate God's intervention from the outside in. And, you know, things in her life really work out magically because she has such a strong abiding faith. And it's and it's the complete opposite of how I see it, but it works in complete concordance with how I would want my faith. I, You know, I admire. I was always in awe of how deeply rich her life experience with God is. And it's a completely opposite understanding as I have, but it, it works exactly as I desire my life to work. And that, yeah, that's why two things. One, that's why when we say all paths lead to God, right? I mean, it's like, okay, do I really believe that? And if I do, then I need to understand that different people have a path that, especially like your example, where you can see it working mm-hmm. in their lives, and you go, you know what? And I know that it worked for me when I was young, to a certain degree, to have a certain. Um, well, the the whole piece of external, mm-hmm. um, and then the second piece of yeah, just you know, it's it's hard not to be an automatic in my own belief, mm-hmm. and to speak in ways that sounds like I'm judging a different belief. Mm-hmm. And it's like we what our goal is, and we talk about this, you know, we've talked about this before. What our goal is that everybody say yes to spirit, however they understand spirit working in their lives. Yes, and that's the key. And I can't use the word accountable. I've got to think of a different word, but action. Let's use the word action. (laughs) That they activate. They activate whatever the belief is that it's active. That it's not just a a Sunday morning or it's not just a 911 when I'm in crisis, but that it's an active relationship, that it's an active belief, and that it's really, you know, um, alive and well, whatever it is, yes. And I think that, and I do think, I do think I come off judgmental because I probably am judgmental to those that kind of, you know, act as if they have something when they're not really using it. You know, that's my judgment, I think. And I certainly am judging myself when I judge others. But, um, you know, anybody that is actively pursuing their faith, I think it all works all the time. You know, it's the activation of anything gets that energy force working, and it doesn't matter the definition of how it's talked about as long as yeah, it's that, activated. Yeah. Yeah, right, and it, in that sense, um, when we find ourselves in whatever we define as a crisis, which makes me still want to go back to, like, what is a, what really, right. what really is a crisis? But when we are in that state, if that's the, the only time or the primary time when we activate mm-hmm. our faith, turn our faith from what we think about to how we behave, mm-hmm. then we're not saying yes to spirit uh-huh. right. all the time. All the time. And when we're saying yes to spirit all the time, I think I believe that we experience what we call a crisis less often. Yes. And we move out of the crisis experience, the crisis experience, Mm -hmm. faster. Yes. Yes. Now, there's not any specific example coming to mind for me at the moment, (laughs) but I really believe that strongly. Right. You know, I have a specific example of a friend that had a crisis 
had a, uh, a major wreck and got into some legal trouble earlier in the week. And within 24 hours of the event, she had called every spiritual person she knew. She had gone into a treatment session with a licensed practitioner, and she was, you know, in active prayer for the situation. And I saw her today, and it's less than a week from the event. And, you know, she is whole. She's, you know, working on things, got a lot of, you know, human things she has to clean up around it. But she's not in this, I can't believe this happened to me. You know, this is the most terrible thing in the whole world. I'll never recover. She's in, you know, there's a message here for me. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to learn it quickly so I don't have to, you know, I'm open to everybody's ideas. And, you know, you know, God, you know, has a plan for this for me kind of thing. And there's, you know, spirit working within this situation and um, I was just so in awe that when we do activate, you know, our faith, our spiritual Christ consciousness in real time, you know, what happened to her could have set somebody back a year, you know. Yeah. I mean, emotionally and spiritually, you could have just knocked the socks off somebody. But she really activated her, you know, um, sense of spirit and really is doing amazingly Amazingly good. So I was. I really, love yeah. examples. Like yeah, it that. was cool, and it was you know, and I think a lot about she doesn't, you know, I I haven't known her that long, but she accessed you know everybody that she's known you know a week. You know? Well, and that goes back to what something that you say all the time on the show of how important it is to have spiritual community yeah, and to be a part of a community, and I. I grew up with a spiritual community and being in and of a spiritual community. But I can really say that probably from the age of 20, you know, for 30-plus years, I never really was part. I was not a part of a of a real spiritual community uh. until you know, maybe four years ago, again, where I went in and out of a lot of communities. I mm -hmm. went to a lot of churches. I participated in a lot of activities, but I didn't have a formal community where there were, you know, dozens of people I could mm -hmm. tap into. Mm -hmm. Now, during that whole time, I had my what I called my inner circle, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. most of whom of that six or seven people, I would say at least, four or five of them would be people that, I mean, I could talk to. So and that's if I have my personal mm -hmm. spiritual support system of people who, you know, were very spiritually grounded. But being a part of a community where you mm -hmm. really know you can go to this practitioner, you can ask for prayer, you are in, got involved and engaged and people know you mm -hmm. and support you and push you mm -hmm. and teach you, um, you know, it is. I mean, I agree. I, If I had known, which you would think I did know because I grew up in a spiritual mm -hmm. community. Okay, let me back that up and take that back and rewind that tape. Because I did grow up in a community, spiritual community like that, I wasn't willing to settle for less. Ah, you kept looking till you found. Well, and I wasn't looking. I just, I, do you know what I mean? It's like hmm. I would go, and it wasn't that. And so I would engage at the level that seemed appropriate. Oh, you're having Deepak Chopra come and speak? I'll go to that event. Mm -hmm. I don't care that I don't really know anybody else in the room, you know, or maybe I'd go there and see three or four people I knew. But, um, oh, you're having, you know, this scholar, this Bible scholar, you know, come in? Yeah, I'll go to that event. Or, oh, you're teaching a class for 10 weeks? I'll go to that class but not be a part of the ongoing community because when I go to other things or even when I go to those events, mm -hmm. not feeling that connection. So that's interesting. It wasn't that I didn't, I wasn't looking. I just really, I guess I knew I would know it when I experienced mm. it. And my hunch is that community growing up, whenever there was a crisis, everybody flew into each other, right? I mean, it was a family kind of feeling. Yes, there was yeah, a crisis. and there was individual crisis, family crisis, and crisis. And you know, I've, I've talked about this before, and it's really interesting because it it informs, and I'm aware it informs so much of 
who I have become in this life experience. But again, it was a predominant. It was an I was going to say predominantly black. No, it was an all black show. <laughs> right. Um, if there were any white or Hispanic, actually there were some um, mixed families, but it was a black church. And so, you know, I and I grew up during the civil rights, the heyday of the civil rights movement. So, yeah, in that sense, that was crisis for everybody. Mm, good point. And there was a lot of support. So if an individual experienced something, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of understanding, a lot of rallying around, and, to use your word, a lot of holding everyone accountable Mm. for responding to what's happening in the world from a spiritual ground. I love that. It isn't that an example I mean, you know, I would I would say that's how I would define what Martin Luther King did in terms of, you know, responding in a spiritual way, never responding out of anger or, you know, the way the knee-jerk reaction or judgment. And isn't that a powerful example of how to handle a crisis when you see somebody in total oppression, in total situation of crisis, and they're standing in their face? Right. What a strong position that shows. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest gifts I've had about spirituality. You know, and it wasn't always just turn the other cheek. Right. You know, it it was more forgive, you know, God, forgive people for doing, for behaving like this because they don't know, you know, forgive Mm. them for they know not what they do. Right. And, um, And it's not Personal. It's not about you, the individual, mm-hmm. because they don't even know you, and you're magnificently made. You mm-hmm. are, you know, all of the lessons were there in my life experience, and so uh, a lot of things that were crisis on the human level got reduced to drama, <laughs> right. or reduced from drama to. You know, the world is a confusing place, and um, my favorite Alan Cohen quote, you know, drama is a choice, so it's peace. Mm. And it's like living that day after day after day. Um, now I can look back and say, oh, no, it's really no surprise that I've turned out to be who I have become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean there's never a crisis, though. And, you know, what you just said, you know, a crisis then kind of was really more of a drama, and then the drama kind of, you know, was supported by the community and, use your words earlier in a strange way, that we kind of had a melting effect on the crisis. And and what I really kind of hooked into me was the idea that when we're in a crisis, if we're really living our spiritual path, it is it is seen it really is the word opportunity. You know, it really does come to me, okay, where's the opportunity? Where's the lesson? Where's the thing that that, you know, where where do I need to look at? What do I need to understand so that I can quickly unravel this versus a crisis being a crisis today that becomes, you know, a mountain tomorrow that then becomes mm-hmm. like this incredible thing that will never be overcome the third day and, you know, the fourth day I've got everybody in my sphere, you know, burning down houses, you know. I mean, so I think when I'm out of my spiritual path, I take a crisis and I make it bigger. And when I'm walking my spiritual path, I take that crisis and then it immediately starts to kind of melt away as my personal action, my personal, yes, uh, you know, when I activate my personal belief, then then it gets smaller. When I activate my ego or my fear, it mm-hmm. gets bigger. Yes, it does. Yes, we know this. <laughs> yes, we know this. Do we do it? And that's the, the trick, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes <laughs> to uh, act on what we know right. or what we say we believe. A lot of times... Um, when the issue or the the topic of faith comes up and people will be, faith is what you believe. I'm like, no. For me, I don't agree with that. 
What I believe is what I believe. Faith is the action I take on the belief. I don't know that you mm. have faith until I observe your actions. Mm. So what's in your head about what you say mm. you believe, those are your beliefs. When you take action on those beliefs and oh. make them come alive, then I know I you have faith. I like that. And so, um, you know, it's, okay, do you think about it or do you do it? Mm. If you're not doing it, you don't really have faith that that's true. Oh, that's true. cool. That's very cool. And the behavior is the key, isn't it? How it works. Today's devotion fits for today's topic. Okay. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's today, the, the day of the devotion Fitted, 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 I talked to a friend this morning who did not know Good Friday marked the day Jesus died. I am certain the name was given to the day after Jesus rose from the dead. Certainly the day he died, nobody called it good. The event after the event made the bad thing good. I realized I have real-time opportunities to see the good within the bad in my life. I can do this by knowing there will be an event after the event. If I live what I believe, then every event in my life is working toward my highest possible good. This Good Friday reminded me to remember every bad event in my life has turned into good. It may have taken three hours, three days, or three years, but events after events were indeed good. I have a hunch God consistently expresses the message of Good Friday in my life stories. It is up to me to always remember all is good, all the time, all the time, all is good. Perfect. That is perfect. Because it is so easy to think of individual events and actions as a crisis. Mm-hmm. And label them as bad, dangerous. Right. Um, when in reality, if we just wait 24 hours, 48 hours, two weeks, six months, and look back on it, mm-hmm. there has been a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. are like, what, what was it that I was so upset about? <laughs> right. Really? That bothered me? <laughs> Oh, but I wouldn't have had this happen if that hadn't happened. Right. Yeah. If Fred hadn't left me and I hadn't been destroyed, then I would never have met Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. And and to keep that thought, to keep that faith, as you're saying, to to make that my action, that, oh, no, you know, I am not going to stand in this moment of crisis. I'm going to stand in the moment after that. I'm going to stand in the resurrection. The tomb will be... The stone will be rolled away and the tomb will be empty. I just have to stay in that in that place of faith. Yeah. So let's take a quick break and uh, come back and talk more about that and uh, more about how saying yes to spirit assists us when we are in crisis.
welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. So the time to get into the Ph.D. level of uh, is there really a crisis? Sure. The crisis is uh, if we are fully engulfed, you know, how long does the crisis get? You know, and I hear a lot of people, and you said it on the top of the show in terms of, you know, as being human, you know, when I stump my toe, there's going to be pain. And I guess there's still always that little part of me inside that says, doesn't have to be. But, you know, that's the little mystic part that I, I think my my personal desire is to really truly live in that space where I notice it, I'm aware, I don't right. deny that I stumped my toe, but there's really no physical pain or attachment to it because I'm, you know, vibrating in a different level. And so in terms of, you know, the stumping the toe being a metaphor for the crisis, it's not as if I'm not aware that this thing is occurring, but I'm so aside from it. And I had an experience earlier in the week where I had a kitty that went missing for a while. All my stories seem to be about kitties. Do you think that makes me odd or strange or, you know, one of those people like on cat orders? Because I'm not like that. (laughs) Don't send anyone out to my house. I'm not like that. (laughs) But I have, you know, some kitties that I care after. And um, (laughs) a bit of a a kitty. I'm a bit of a kitty woman. I enjoy my kitties. But uh, so I have a lot of kitty stories. Do I sound defensive? Yeah. No, no, I'm not defensive. I'm okay. Um, so I had one go missing. See, I can't have that many if I could, you know, count them all at one time and, and keep up with them. But um, and my normal reaction would have been, you know, this fear, this panic, this worry, this. It, and I really immediately thought, you know, this kitty is perfectly fine wherever she is. She she has a whole other thing going in her little kitty world that's, you know. And I'm not responsible, because that's my big hook, of course. I feel like I'm responsible. If something bad happens, I did it, you know. I'm being punished. And so my immediate thought was, you know, this is all going to work out perfectly. Even if I never see this kitty again, I had that thought. Even if I never see this kitty again, this is all perfect. This is, kitty and me are going to be okay. And immediately I went into, oh, what a B-I-T-C-H, can I say bitch on the radio? I felt like I was being a bad, you know, an evil, nasty, uncaring, unfeeling person because I wasn't worrying. I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't running around the neighborhood making my neighbors go, oh, my goodness, she's nuts, you know, because I was No, they would just be saying, oh, well, there's Leslie. There she goes again. (laughs) Yeah, it's lucky that I'm kind of a funny person. I think they enjoy that part of me, but... um. You know, it's interesting how I attribute almost this spiritual reaction, which is what I say I want, right, this kind of Uh peace-filled response, and I interpreted it as, oh, I'm a horrible person, I'm not freaking out. Right. And and there's so much in our society that trains us to react in a dramatic fashion. Yes, to show we care. Exactly. That that the subtext is mm-hmm. if you're not having all this drama, then you really must not be caring. You really must be cruel and cold. Yeah, interesting. When really you you could just simply be truly grounded in pure awareness and pure spirit. Isn't that fascinating though that they would look the same? <laughs> yeah, I do. Isn't it? <laughs> On the surface. On yeah. the surface. They and, I, you know, I guess thing. that's the idea. How do you tell the difference, you know, which one is the core? And, well, I tell you, for me, I was really so surprised to see the core, the essence of my peace. I was totally at peace that whole time. And, you know, that cat was gone for a long time. And then finally I kind of walked hours later, like 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 it was the morning I could have panicked and I didn't, and I kept saying she's going to come back. And throughout the day when I checked, not back, not back. And then finally, like late that night, she, you know, returned on one of the walks I made around my house. And I didn't have this overreaction to her either. Usually when they're gone, and I'm like, I just kind of, have you been in my house? <laughs> How did you know that? Uh, anyway, so I just kind of said, oh, silver bells, you came home. And I just kind of went on with my, you know, and I was really interested to see that I obviously have not had a very spiritual response to most things in my life because that was so unusual for me. That was such a, 
different reaction response in um and so now I have to really affirm that that is not uncaring, that that's really peaceful, and that you know something had really dramatically happened to her that I, that 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 I would not have not been doing my part. It's almost, and I've heard Reverend Petrus talk about this in Sunday sermons that you know, we think worrying is doing something almost. You know, there's something, there's some subtext, like you say, to the culture that that there seems to be almost like that is taking action. Well, no, not really. <laughs> worrying is not taking any kind of action for good. Just yeah, just like criticizing is not in. Complaining is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're talking about it, but we're just reinforcing what we don't want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I also think. Well, I and it's a conflicting thought. So, is there really such a thing as a crisis? Right, it's a question. Is one question. Um, and I think when if we were saying yes to spirit 100% of the time, no, there is no such thing as a crisis. Awesome. There is what you said. We notice that events don't happen in a way that's comfortable or that we would prefer. Right. But it's not a crisis. It's just an event. Mm-hmm. And we get to make choices about how we respond to that event. Mm-hmm. And if we're saying yes to spirit, we respond to that event in a way that is, appropriate mm-hmm. but does not relinquish us of our grounding, our mm-hmm. spiritual grounding. And then there's the other part that says, well, but I'm I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is drama and crisis a part of the human experience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I have had, when I look back, when I've been in situations that felt like a crisis, well, a crisis, Okay, so I got out of it sooner than I would have, mm, mm-hmm. but I, it, in the moment, it was a crisis, mm-hmm. and I then grew from that. Right. I learned from it, or I strengthened a relationship as a result of it, or I broke out of an egocentric viewpoint on a situation. I grew from it. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it's like, well, maybe I don't want to eliminate all crises from my life. Now I have a famous Oprah Winfrey quote, my favorite person in the whole world. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She and, and I think this is interesting because I think that's right. The idea that we, the only way we can learn or grow is through crisis, and she'll say we can, and it's not her quote, but she quoted someone else who quoted it, but we can easy, just as easily, maybe not just as easily, but we can absolutely grow from joy. Through joy. Oh yeah, you don't have to yeah, have a crisis yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And so, but I do think, as you said, that that's a real prevalent belief. And I have often, and I used to use the term all the time that you know, there's a lesson in this, and that would be what I would affirm. Everything that bad happened to me, there was a lesson. And if I just learned the lesson, then you know, I could move on. And um, and I just, I just have this inkling that really. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. And really, there is a lesson in everything that happens. Good, bad, and different. Just, yeah, yeah. Not just the bad, scary, major thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson in us having this mm-hmm. conversation once a week. Mm-hmm. And that's not been a crisis except for maybe once. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, and so... It doesn't have to be a crisis for us to grow. It does, uh-huh, there does uh-huh. not have to be a crisis for us to learn. Mm. But when we live in a way that says, oh, until I hit rock bottom, I don't have to stop drinking. Yes. Oh, until I, you know, weigh 300 pounds, I don't have to lose yes. weight. Oh, until um, my husband beats me a minute from death, you know, an uh-huh. inch from death, uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. have to... I, I can't leave him. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, until if we have that in our psyche or uh-huh. in our mind that it has to, something has to happen that is at the level of a crisis, crisis. Uh-huh. in order for me to learn or in order for me to change yes. direction, then what am I going to manifest? I'm either I'm going to manifest crisis, crisis. or I'm going to manifest the same miserable yes. life mm-hmm. conditions mm-hmm. 
because I don't believe I can or should change them okay. until they reach a certain process. Yeah. Isn't that That's it. <laughs> I was going to say, poor Leslie. I can so think I can remember that. I mean, I, you know, I have so done that. And I don't do that generally, but I can think of some situations where I've done mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where without intentionally, mm-hmm. without intentionally choosing that that's what I, the story in my head is, oh, it's not big enough yet, or oh, it's not bad enough yet, mm-hmm. or oh, if I just ignore it, it'll go away, but I know it won't. So the whole time I'm ignoring it, it's it's like snowballing until it gets to the point where I can't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that definitely, as I'm saying that out loud, is a family trait. <laughs> you, come by, family. you come by that uh, naturally, huh? Yeah, it's like, and that's interesting because I can see all kinds of ways where I have chosen differently in my life and have designed my life to not be in that trap. Mm-hmm. And there are still, as we're talking about this, there are still one or two little areas, mm-hmm. you know, where... Carve-outs of your life, yeah. Yeah, where I definitely do that. And it's like, okay, I'm asking myself right now in real time, what is it that makes you think you have to wait for a crisis to do something different mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. Stop it. Isn't that interesting? Stop it now. And oddly enough, it is that, you know, just that simple and just that hard. And, you know, they say in 12 steps, it's so simple it's hard. Yes. To cha- to make that shift, to make that change. And there are times, I have seen lots of people in therapy that, you know, that is their mode. They are crisis chunkies. And if they're not a crisis, they're going to create a crisis. They only feel alive if there's a crisis. Yes. That gets their adrenaline going. That gets their juices going. And so then the question inevitably comes, you know, what am I getting out of this crisis? You know, what is my bottom line to, you know, fulfilling that I have to be in a state of crisis? Exactly. If that's if that's how you get your identity, that's mm-hmm. how you get your sense of self-worth, mm-hmm. self-value. Right. Um, that everybody else who's in crisis comes to me oh, yeah, to help fine. them out of crisis. Um, you know, that's my that's my. I was gonna say that's my lot in life, but usually it's that's my purpose in life to mm. fix everybody else's crises. Right. Yeah, I know a couple of people like that, unfortunately, who you don't really fit into their life unless you have a lot of crises that they can tell you how to solve. Isn't that so true? That that's how they frame, that's how they get their their meaning in right. life. I say I've been through that phase of my life where I thought, I had some friends and things are going well in their life, and we talk on the phone, they're like happy and joyful, and I'm like, well, I have no purpose. Why are we talking? I can't help you. What right. good am I? You know, the 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 experience of just having a lovely conversation about how great and beautiful and sunny the sky is didn't seem to hold any value to me. If I couldn't be helpful, that's so. So you that's need to have something wrong with you before you call, call me. me cause then I and wait a minute, why up? haven't you called me in more than four weeks? I mean, you know, how could you go four weeks without a crisis for me to help you fix? That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that works both ways. Both if you're the one who can't go four weeks without a crisis and having a crisis that mm-hmm. you need to tell everybody about or get help with, or if you're on the side of all the people around you, you know, you know that that I they have that, that right. That I expect that I demand that the the people who I interact with all the time. That is the pattern. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you know, I'm attracting that. I'm probably even requiring it because right. I'm not building relationship with the folks who don't have that. So what am I getting out of it? Yes. Either way, um, but yeah, I even though I do theoretically and intellectually believe that saying yes to spirit means 
there is nothing that can be a crisis mm-hmm. because there is nothing that can make me lose my peace with God. Right. And so I believe that. Now, this is a – I believe that – but I don't have faith in it. Yeah, that, uh, that's good, Tracy. That's very good. That's yeah. good. That's a good example in real time for you. Yeah. Uh, and I believe it, but I must not have faith in it because I mm-hmm. still am acting in some ways about um, nurturing crisis. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's that's cool to be aware of. Yeah, it is. I wasn't planning to have an insight of powerful awareness on this Saturday. I really wasn't. Uh, but, oh, well, there there you go. That's how it happens. And see, that's so cool. I, and I was talking to Reverend Beatrice, who's a spiritual teacher of mine in Maine, and she's going to a class that was talking about the um, uh, our commitment behind the commitment. Mm-hmm. And she's used the example in her life that she's... Um, was wanting to lose some weight and to do that, and so she was committing to becoming healthier and eating healthier, and and then she knows she was still manifesting, you know, eating the brownie or eating the, it, what wasn't good for her, and what she had to look at because the manifestation wasn't this healthier, more fit person. That the commitment to that wasn't as strong as her commitment to pleasure. Yes. And the pleasure in the moment and in the second. And so because you may not have right. a moment or a second a year from now, so eat a brownie today. Eat a brownie now. <laughs> and it's so interesting to think about whatever I'm manifesting, that is really my commitment. That is really what I'm activating. I can be mentally talking about this commitment up here, but mm-hmm. what is manifesting, that is what I'm really and so I think on some level I, it, it, it's helping me understand what is my commitment behind the commitment to kind of, like you were saying earlier, you know, pull the veil on that and see it. And um, and then I can move forward and say, oh, no, I you know, I can commit to pleasure in a different way. And how can I, you know, because that's not necessarily a bad thing to have pleasure, but can I find pleasure in a bubble bath instead of a Hershey bar kind of thing? Right. And can I redefine that that brownie is pleasure for me if what I'm really wanting to do is live healthier and, you know, so do I replace, oh, when I want to eat something that's really going to bring me pleasure, Mm. I'm eating, you know, these three things. Well, that's a good point. It would redefine the idea of pleasure around food when it's not unconscious. Instead of it being a, so okay. I can't have that anymore. Instead, it's like, oh, well, these are the things that are going to bring me pleasure now mm-hmm. because I still want to eat. So, yeah, you're breaking the old connection, but you're also replacing it. And so if I have an unconscious kind of commitment to crisis, you know, what am I, what am I really kind of getting there? Maybe it is a sense of purpose or a sense of, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, and for me, certainly in a lot of examples of my life, the commitment to being a victim has just been really active in my life. And so, you know, how do I, um, how do I nurture myself out of that needing to be in a crisis, needing to be a victim? That's a that's a commitment behind a commitment. That whole victim thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's an overlap because we always try to talk a little bit, three or four minutes, about spiritual practices in relation to the topic. And so just the, I mean, what we're talking about is using the spiritual practice, uh, whether it's formal affirmations or mm-hmm. just kind of that study, that looking beneath the surface of what is the meaning mm-hmm. that you're attributing to different things that you say and what, what God qualities are driving your mm. behavior, mm-hmm. um, and and I totally agree with what you said. You look at what you're manifesting to to determine what is it that I really believe, or that I'm really mm-hmm. committed to, or that I really care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is like when your life is not looking like a pretty picture. It's like no, I no, you know, you know, I don't want to own that. Right. I don't want to own that. But clearly there's something there. Right. Or there's something been there, I guess. And in a strange way, because I think, you know, the molecules of change, you know, happen fast sometimes and happen slow sometimes. And I'm 
feeling within my own journey, a shifting in my belief system that hasn't really manifested. I still have some, you know, really obvious external signs of distress, you know, if you look at the state of my car, different things. But now instead of looking at them and saying, oh, well, that's pretty much what I deserve, I'm looking and going, oh, that's a mess. That's not about me. Oh, I need to, you know, that's that's going to get cleared up. <laughs> Come on, universe, do your part. You know, this is going to start changing because that's not me. It's you know, and so I think there is that kind of in the meantime time or something when. Well, yeah. What yeah. we see today mm-hmm. is a manifestation of what we believed yesterday or right. for the last year that. or yeah. for the last ten years. Right. So even if uh, six months ago the shift occurred. What's showing up today is the outpicturing of what you believe for six years, mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. six months. Mm-hmm. And so what you started believing six months is working, it's mm-hmm. working, it's working, but it hasn't overcome six the, whatever was set in motion mm-hmm. by six years or 40 <laughs> years <laughs> of believing right. something different or experiencing something different. So. You know, I do believe that the, that the shift in universal consciousness happens, you know, instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And to make that present and obvious in our human physical life, mm-hmm. it, it sometimes it has a lot of stuff to overcome mm-hmm. and reconfigure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. It's like if I've been telling my some, myself something for 30 years mm-hmm. and then I'm in, you know, I'm on a whole new path now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30 months of knowing a new path is not going to totally overcome 30 years in the same way that once the decision was made, I'm going that direction. Mm-hmm. And there is a ton of spiritual something in that. Isn't there to stay steady with the belief to stay true to what I know? Yes. Not to get discouraged? Yes. And not to just say, oh, see, this doesn't work. That stuff, yeah, that, that's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. So just to, to stay focused and to keep going and to know, mm-hmm. really know, to know what you know, to know that you know that you know. This is the right path for me. This is the right direction for me, and I am moving forward. You know, there's a story that Reverend Peter told about a Bible Bible story about the man that needed his harvest done. Yes. The people that worked all day got one talent. They agreed to the people that he had to have some more help came in at noon, get one talent, and the people came in at four o'clock in the afternoon and they got one talent. And she talked about those people that stayed in the village until 4 o'clock and stayed faithful and stayed certain that they were going to get their day's work. They actually got a whole day's pay for one hour of work. Right. So if I stay faithful, I'm going to, you know, that car is going to get cleaned out and it's going to manifest. So and we'll crisis ask, will be adverted. And we'll ask you about that next week. <laughs> so thanks for joining us for Say Yes to Spirit during the rest. Please join us at GodInMyDay.com or ReclaimJoy.com. And next week, join us as we talk about conflict, which will be an easy connect the dots from crisis to conflict. And in the meantime, say Say yes yes to to spirit. You gotta be so cold to make it in this world Yeah, you're a natural living your life cutthroat You gotta be so cold Yeah, you're a natural Alexa, play Imagine Dragons Okay Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.